In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It is Wednesday, May 8th, and Atlanta United has defeated Toronto 2-0 here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It is the third consecutive win for the Five Stripes. It is their third consecutive shutout. It is the second time in franchise history in which they held an opponent without a shot on goal. They have Orlando coming up on Sunday here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It will be wide open. More than 72,000 are expected on Mother's Day. I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and please consider subscribing to the paper. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of SoccerDownHere.net and 92.9 FM. And we have a special guest, Josh Holland, a high school student who is shadowing me for this game tonight. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to them so that we can talk about their thoughts on the game. We're going to start with Jason first. I thought it was a, a pretty complete performance. Um, maybe not quite as good as the Kansas City game because Toronto did have their their moments where they had some control of it. But what I liked that Atlanta did tonight is for the first time in a while, they didn't win the possession battle, but it didn't affect the chances they gave up. No shots on goal. Toronto, when they had possession, it was mostly in their own half or in the midfield third and really couldn't do a whole lot with it. Atlanta showed that when they did have the ball, they were dangerous. And I thought when Toronto made their substitutions and they were trying to figure all of that out, Atlanta kind of put their, their foot on Toronto's throat a little bit there and got the second goal and put it away. But then when Toronto had the ball, they just Atlanta was able to defend really well. And it was a pretty complete defensive performance. Yeah, some quick housekeeping because I didn't do this earlier. The goals were scored by Hector Viaba in the 17th minute and Julian Gressel in the 67th minute. Both assists were from Joseph Martinez, uh, who had his first multi-assist game in his MLS career. What did you think of the game, Josh? It really showed how Frank DeBoer's system's kind of coming into its own, and there was definitely some individual performance from PT. He was um, he was improving a lot uh, even throughout the game, and um, it just showed how he's kind of evolving and fitting into the MLS and the system as a whole. Because you could see in the opening games, he was kind of he was just giving up the ball. Um, and then he was getting it back closer to goal, which is going to allow him to create more chances. And he had a free kick he almost made, um, so that was good for him. I think he's going to take your job, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Pithy was dropping deeper too tonight. I think that was a big thing that he did. Um, he had you know a similar number of touches as we've seen from him lately, but I thought what what Pithy maybe what showed the most tonight, and in a match where. You know, he didn't have quite as many shots from the run of plays we've seen in other games or create as many chances. He felt more connected with everyone, and he felt like he was connecting more people. Yeah, that's what I thought uh, in the Sporting Kansas City game when I talked about how he looked as comfortable as I thought he has. Mm -hmm. He was coming up to guys, 
getting the ball, turning, looking for players. He just looked like I have a better idea of what's going on now than in the previous games that he would get the ball, turn, and just uncork a low percentage shot almost every time. Uh, he had a chance to do that early in the game tonight. Uh, a left-footed shot from about 20 yards, passed it up because he saw Joseph ahead of him, which I thought is another sign that he's kind of starting to figure out, this is how I fit in within the offense. And we should point out that 19 shots, uh, five on goal, all of this done without Ezekiel Barco, Atlanta United's arguably best player during this recent win streak, who is with the Argentina under-20 national team for its World Cup. Uh, which makes this performance even more impressive and, again, sets Atlanta United up. This is their second win in the stretch of eight games in 28 days. They have Orlando, who's not playing well, coming on Sunday. Could push it to four consecutive wins and really kind of push themselves above the red line, which they got some help with tonight because Montreal rallied and upset the Red Bulls 2-1. to one. Um, Chicago poured five on New England, which has now given up 11 goals in its past two games. 15 in their last three. I cannot imagine Brad Friedel is going to be the manager before New England's next game. Mm, I just I, can't imagine it. I, I think other clubs, I would agree with you. Um, New England has had a history of keeping guys longer than they should have. I think they did it with Heaps. They did it with Steve Nickel before that. And I think Mike Burns is in a difficult spot where he might have to pull the trigger on firing a former teammate with the national team. But the team looks like it's just given up. No, I agree. And I, I think a lot of it is Friedel's management and the things he said in the media. It can't play well in the locker room. And they're very simplistic. You know, I mean, we talk about teams having an identity, and they have an identity. It's just not a good one, and it's an easy one to figure out. That's the problem. Another uh, kind of upset tonight, uh, Columbus beat the Galaxy uh, fairly easily. Uh, and um, I'm drawing a blank on the other result tonight. What was the other result tonight? Uh, that was it. Those were your, that was oh, your Okay, well, that's why I'm not drawing a blank. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Justin Miram super quick. Yeah. Uh, he was the 19th player tonight, so we got to train with the guys on the pitch. He was in the locker room tonight, got to meet him. Um, how do you think he's going to fit in, Josh? How do you, how do you think? Um, he'll definitely be good once we lose, because we're going to lose a lot of people for the Copa America uh, this summer, and he's going to add another element to the attack. And he's got that experience that's going to help. I mean, it's a generally young squad, so it's going to help with that. Um, and it was a bargain, like we were talking about before the game. Um, Orlando City sold him for a million. Um, or bought him for a million. Yeah, yeah, bought him for a million, my bad. Um, and we acquired him for 100000 yeah. So, um, I mean, it seems like good business. Yeah, I think he's a perfect fit for the system, too. I mean, I think what Greg Berhalter did system-wise was pretty similar to what Frank DeBoer does now. You want wingers who are comfortable going 1v1. You're creating 1v1 opportunities all over the field. And Justin Merrim, you go back and look at his numbers in, with Columbus, he was one of the best 1v1 players in the league. You want to create those spots. And I think what he gives you, too, is maybe a little more – not directness as a whole, like he's not going to play long balls, but in the final third, he's pretty quick to make his decisions. And he can score for himself, and he can create chances for others. I think Merrim will push everyone in this team in the front three to keep them on their toes, because he can play on either side. And it's good competition. And when you're coming off of a championship, I think the best way to keep everybody sharp is to add more talent. Mm-hmm. and increase the competition within the squad. And now you get Merrim, who's going to keep Carlton, Pereira, Tito, Gressel, 
all on their toes to earn playing time. And one other thing I wanted to talk about tonight was uh, the defense. Um, my, uh, Eric Rometty and Donington Nagby completely neutralized Pozuelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had no shots, just one chance created. Uh, my favorite player, Michael Bradley, was a total non-factor uh, in a whole lot of ways. Um, and this is just something that Atlanta United, with the exception of the D.C. United game earlier this year, has been very, very good at in two-plus season, is taking the other team's best player and eliminating them from the game. So who is that for Orlando? Nani. Mm-hmm. Easily Nani. Um, Orlando's interesting because I think they're better when Dom Dwyer and Sasha Kleschen are not on the field. And if it's Akindeli, Mueller, and Nani up top, I'm, I'm a little more worried about that. Nani's the one you have to shut down, and he's not an easy one to shut down. He, he's pretty mobile. He drifts a lot. You can't really man-mark him. It's going to have to be a lot of, of switching on and off and letting him go and somebody else picking him up. I think this group playing together a lot of minutes now are a lot more comfortable doing that. If that had been earlier in the season, it might have been more of a challenge. Yeah, Escobar, I think, is plenty fast enough to keep up with Nanny if Nanny's on the left. When he drifts out that yeah. way, yeah. Um, and then we'll just have to see what happens. Another notable thing for tonight, uh, Jeff Lernowitz came on his 399th appearance. Um, he was already third on the list of field players uh, for appearances. Uh, but on Sunday, I assume he's probably I, – I don't know if he'll start on Sunday – um, because the group is playing so well. And they haven't had to do a lot of running these past two games because it's been so comfortable. But I do think he'll get his appearance. Home crowd, 72,000. He's got – you've got to think he's going to make his 400th appearance. Um, so that's just a, a nice achievement for one of the, my favorite players to interview on Atlanta United. Yeah, it's it's a special moment for Jeff Lorenowitz, a player that I love where MLS is now where – you know, in American soccer for so long, it was if you play on the national team, everybody knows about you. Otherwise, nobody knows who you are. And there's so many legends from MLS that don't get enough attention. Jeff Lorenowitz is one of those legends to play that long and do what he's done in his career. Two MLS Cups now should have earned more caps at the national team, but has been a rock at a number of positions in Major League Soccer. He's one of the smartest players that I've ever seen. He just knows how to read the game, and I think he gives so much comfort to his teammates around him because they know he's always there. Yeah, he's a pro's pro. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a model for the young guys on the training pitch, off the pitch. He does the things you're supposed to do. So this was your first time in an MLS locker room, I believe, in in a coach's interview. Josh, why don't you tell, uh, tell the folks your impressions of what you got to experience today? Uh, Well, it was definitely, I mean, I've, been in media rooms and like I've covered some high school soccer before but it was totally different um it was just a lot more I I wouldn't say glamorous but definitely um somewhere close to that um and it was definitely I mean I enjoyed it a lot so it's definitely something I definitely want to pursue and um other than that I mean doing the tweets I was tweeting live the Mm -hmm. whole game um didn't really I would have loved to write an article but how, how can they what's your Twitter handle how can people follow you uh, it's going to be at Josh underscore Holland in the number five okay um, <clears throat> I try to tweet about every Atlanta United game I can and then I also do Formula One and uh, you'll see the local high school soccer stuff on there too 
There you go. Uh, any other social media handles you want to share that will help you? Um, Instagram's the same username, okay. so that's about it. All right. Jason, tell the folks how they can follow you and what you have upcoming, please. Oh, I'll follow Josh in a minute, too. Um, <laughs> I'm at Longshoe on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have Overreaction Thursday, which will be interesting to see what kind of takes we get tomorrow morning on soccer down here. It's 9 to 11 a.m. You can listen on the SDH app, which is available Android, iOS. Uh, you can also listen to SoccerDownHere.net and on Spreaker. And then we'll be back Sunday uh, with a busy day. Um, 92.9 will be in the Gulch broadcasting live, and then we'll be on the air at 1.30. And anybody pick two to nothing? Uh, yeah, that would be me. Hey! And I also picked Tottenham to beat Ajax. Um, so, you know, no, did I picked that beforehand. He's on said, a roll. I them out. So I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket on the way out. There you go. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Again, Atlanta United, 2 to nothing winners over Toronto. Atlanta United's third consecutive win, third consecutive shutout. It has 14 points on the season and is above the red line for now. Orlando is coming to Mercedes-Benz on Sunday on Mother's Day. Get your mother something. Get your wife something. Get your grandmother something. It's Mother's Day. Take care of them, please. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And please consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and to the Forsyth, County News. the Forsyth County News. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh, oh, oh.